0: Hi there, this is John Frenet, and welcome to an encore presentation of our Legacy Business Spotlight. These are best done in person, and with the current state of emergency restrictions, that's just not possible. So, we will be re releasing our past episodes every Saturday at noon until this pandemic is in our collective rearview mirror. Until then, enjoy this encore presentation of our Legacy Business Spotlight.
1: Some businesses succeed We are here at the most, yeah,
0: I'm not going to say not even arguably, the most beautiful spot in Annapolis. We're at Carols Creek Cafe, right on the shores of Spa Creek. Really? And we're with Jeff Jacobs, who is the owner of Carols Creek. And I would say happy birthday to you, but you're, it's not you, but it's your restaurant is celebrating 35 years. Carol's Creek Cafe, one of my favorite restaurants. I mean, probably to your dismay, um, it's not an
2: everyday restaurant for me. It's a treat to come here. Oh, <laughs> we, we realize that we are a special occasion and that uh, we are not everybody's uh, just run out and grab dinner. But that's part of what we are, and we realize that. And it, and it, it is a special occasion when you come here. I mean, the food—I
0: uh, have never had a, a, a bad meal or a drink here, um, and it's—it's uh, just—it's just a great location. I do recommend if anybody has never been here, come on down. It is right on Severn Avenue. Correct at. Right at the foot of the, oh, you want to call it the Spa Creek, the Eastport Bridge? Eastport Bridge, (laughs) sure. Argue it with whatever it is. But you're celebrating 35 years. Now, where did Carroll's Creek get started? start? Have
2: you always been here? So Carroll's Creek, yes, is is the first tenant here in the Annapolis City Marina. It started when... My father who was one of the original partners was involved with another restaurant tour here in town and and who was that, can you say? That was Jerry Hardesty of of Middleton Tavern. And so my father was doing some legal work for him at the time and uh, and I know Jerry found out that there was this building was being built and there was gonna be a restaurant space, uh, but he needed some help and some maybe some clout to get into doing something here in this complex uh my father had a already a relationship with the owners of the the complex it, it, it came to be that uh my father to get this space had to be involved with the business so he started in here strictly as a silent partner so that's how they opened the restaurant in 83 so this was originally it was jerry hardesty involved in the original opening of it yes Oh wow! Yes, that's that,
0: that's fascinating. And, and your father has a legal background.
2: Yes, he's an attorney and uh, has uh, has practiced in in, uh, in Maryland since before me. Forever, wow! And
0: where does your background as the owner and the operator of Carls Creek? Where does your background come in the restaurant business?
2: So my background is when we opened in '83, it came down here uh, in my spare time and my and my first summer of working. Doing... It's so okay, I'm, I'm trying to do the math. You said you just turned 50, so I mean you're probably 17, 18. Oh no, or, I, was f- I was 15. 15, okay, yeah. So, but uh, but coming to the restaurant and getting just told what what to do and where to start. So my first job was picking cigarette butts out of the deck on our out of the out of the deck outside (laughs) um and then I guess we'll, you know, we're going to open that day. What do, what do we do with them now? Well, we'll throw them in the dish room and let them wash dishes for a while. So it was that working in the restaurant and starting to get moved around all the different positions, which you know might sound not so glamorous, and at the time it wasn't very glamorous, but it gave me a a glimpse of what this business was all about, especially on the backside, the side that people don't see. So as because as much as it was not my favorite thing to do when I was 15 years old, washing dishes and, and doing some of the prep work in the kitchen, but learning all those things is invaluable to how the business runs and then dealing with the employees that will eventually be under me to understanding what their jobs are, their challenges, um, what makes things easy for them, what makes things difficult for them. by By coming up in this business and doing every job here, Gives me a pretty good understanding of of everybody's position and how how to deal with that. Well, in thirty five years, you probably,
0: I mean, had some turnover of employees, and I mean, I think you gain an awful lot of respect when they they say, "They yeah, I remember you. I remember you when you were picking cigarette butts out of that's, the deck cracks." That's
2: <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, people come back all the time and, and stop in, and and you were my busboy, you were the dishwasher when I was here, you were my barback, you you know. Do you ever ask him how good you were? <laughs> <laughs> or don't we want to go there? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think you know the, the difficult thing was you know I'm sure other people in the same position can can attest to it's it, being the owner's son. You know, the, you feel like you've got to do a good job, right? You know, so I think. Uh, you have to go above and beyond to I make mean, I sure that you probably have not to do that.
0: a good job and then some.
2: Right. You, you don't want that stereotype of, you know, that, oh, this person, you know, is is sliding by because they're the owner's kid. Now, how did, now, when Jerry
0: Hardesty opened it with your father's asylum yes. partner, how did it become into the Jacobs family
2: solely? Did just buy him out or just. Yeah, so they got to, I'm trying to think it was somewhere around. Nineteen ninety or so, and uh, my father and Jerry just discussed that you know their their partnership between the two probably wasn't the the best thing, and that um, I think at the time my father really didn't, since he wasn't a restaurateur, he didn't mind if Jerry bought him out or if my father bought Jerry out. It didn't didn't really matter, but I think they they wanted to go their separate ways, and it just worked out that my father bought Jerry out. Okay, um, you've got some employees that have
0: been here forever. Yes. Uh, I mean, you, you're going on 35 years, so that's uh, um, and that also speaks to the value, the experience of a restaurant is when you come in and you you may not see the same server time and time again, um, but just to know that there's not this constant churn. I mean, you know, you go
2: to McDonald's and it's you know right, it's 12 o'clock. We need to hire somebody else, and 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 we're. You know, I think we're blessed in a way of where our price point is, what our servers, you know, their environment they're working in, the people they're dealing with. I think that it's a it's a good environment for them, and they make. uh, I'm not going to say they make a lot of money. I think the ones that do it in the part time and the ones that dedicate themselves doing it full time, they're happy with what they make as a server here, and so that in turn gives them the longevity i mean we've got from just from the serving staff i've got a waitress that's been with us over 30 years um i've got probably if i had to average our yearly full-time uh, wait staff we're probably in i would say seven years as an average and that's, that's significant for, for a big place like this i mean i know there's smaller places ar- around that you know, their staff doesn't change much from year to year and they don't, they're not seasonal like we are where we're bringing, we're doubling our weight staff in the summer. But for a large place like this, I think it's, it's awesome that we've had that staff here for a long time. It, it, it helps them get new people up and running because we are, like I said, we do have to double our weight staff to get our deck open for the summer. So having a bunch of people here that have been here so long and understand what we do, how we do it, the the level of service that we like to provide it makes it easier and it and that just all you know it all comes full circle it all makes things easier on everybody and and i think makes a better environment that people want to
0: where where are we now okay we've 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 founded it we've moved on i mean and and when did you come in to be the owner operator as as
2: this and how how have we grown into what we are today so the the story progresses i worked here all the way through through my college years came back every summer um, Where did you go to school? Towson State. Okay. Uh, or Towson University, Towson University now. now. My um, son just
0: graduated from there a couple
2: of years ago. Um, so I took a business degree there. Um, not knowing – I mean, it's hard to to put all your eggs in one basket or know fully what you, your career is going to be. So I took business management, something that would equate into this. And and again, not knowing until – I think until you really do it after uh, after college and get into something full-time, do you really say – that is, it's a career I want to take, or maybe this is not a career I want to take. But luckily for me, it's something that I really liked. I, I like working with the people. I like the location we're in. It, it all has worked. Now, here's a question
0: for you. Are you coming out of Towson with a business management degree? Are you a restaurateur? Or are you a business owner? And I think there's, I, I think there's a, a difference. I mean, do you do you run the, I mean, run this as a business? I mean, obviously you do, but I mean, your mindset is it more focused as this is a business? It doesn't matter that we're selling, you know, wonderful meals on the
2: banks of Spock Creek or inflatable boats for. I, I probably say I'm I'm definitely more of the business guy. The business end of it is is how to make it efficient, how to use technologies to help us with efficiencies. Um, you know, the the staff training and things like that. I'm not the creative side. Of it so much, um, so you're not designing recipes, and no, I'm I'm telling the chef what I like and what I don't like, or what I think, you know, sometimes fits into into the menu design as a whole. Um, I'm looking at things to say, you know, look, we've got one section of our. Of, of our cooking line making five different entrees and another section of our line making one entree. We need to be efficient on how to move these things around uh, to make the kitchen work better. But I'm not really the person that's coming up and saying, design this protein with pasta and this sauce and that. No, it's, it's the I rely on the creativity of our chefs to come up with those types of uh, of things that they then bring to us, and it's really a collaborative between our general mm-hmm. manager, uh, who is much more of a foodie than I am, and he's been with us over thirty years. Also, Wait. oh wow, he was actually back up two seconds. Um, Richard McClure is who kept me in college when things dissolved between uh, my father and uh, and Jerry. I was in college at the time. My father had never operated the restaurant, uh and Richard McClure was the general manager between here uh and uh and Middleton's Tavern. And so it was really him being offered to come here solely is what kept me in school that semester for not having to leave and, and come down and, and try to operate until we got a, a general manager in here that had experience and could run things. And he's still here today. Still here today. Yep. And that that certainly goes to uh
0: Speaks to your business acumen and your management that they that they're sticking around. And do you find do you find as a business owner. I know I used to own several travel agencies and I had a great manager. I know I could go away for three weeks and know that she would make absolutely ninety two ninety five percent of the same decisions I would make, and I, I would feel totally comfortable
2: with anything that she would she would do. Is that the type of relationship you have with Richard? Definitely. I mean, like I said, he he ran this business um, and had more. I mean, I was just a college. You know kid at this yeah. point um so he he ran the business when there was no one else and and fully ran it again my father was an attorney he was not a, a restaurant tour he he learned very quickly about the business but um but it was not his background and uh yeah with with between richard and the other staff uh, you talk about you know leaving i left about five years ago I took off three months and took my family across country. Uh, we took a motor home and, and did the whole country. And, nice. And, but it was that uh, it was that 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 feeling and that knowing that things were going to operate just the way they would if I was here, that gave me the comfort level to do that. Now has Carrolls Creek always been the same size, or have you expanded over the years? This, the Carrolls Creek's always been the same footprint in 2004. We renovated the front half of the restaurant. We had done the kitchen the year before. But uh, the main difference was we moved our bar that was uh, out more on the waterfront side, more towards the back of the restaurant. Um, It wasn't too many years in where... Really, what we discovered is we were going to be a restaurant that had a bar, as opposed to a bar that had a restaurant. And so, the restaurant was the, was where we were growing the business, and uh, and we really know that we need to highlight the restaurant. And everybody that walks in the door says, "You know, we're celebrating our X anniversary, our birthday, whatever it is. Can we have a table with a view?" And so the whole now now you've got tons of tables. Now, you know, we went from four to, I think, 14 directly on the water and every other table being able to to see out. Also, the bar was a was a big blockage
0: to the view. Now, have you ever thought about expanding, going on to a second restaurant or
2: like opening up a Taco Bell or something? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is this is a big operation. I mean, we get up to 100 employees in the summer. I've thought about it, but I, I, I haven't gotten myself to this place where I feel like I could just be happy opening more, and then I guess I feel like I would lose a little bit of control individually, okay, over some of the businesses. But I tell, I, I joke around with people. One ulcer is enough for me. That's fair. Yeah, no, I hear, I hear. Well, you guys have been
0: a tremendous community. I don't want to say partner, but I mean a benefactor throughout the years. What's what's your favorite item on the menu? Your personal favorite? Do you have one, or is that like asking like which is your favorite kid?
2: No, there's uh, it's uh, the, my favorite menu item is definitely gonna be easier than than my favorite kid. Um, probably our scallops appetizer, and it's uh, two jumbo scallops. They wrap it in what's called katifi, and I'm probably saying that name wrong, but what it is? That's the businessman you're coming out. That's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, it's a shredded phyllo, and then they're deep fried, and then they saute. Uh, spinach and um and crab and then make this awesome shrimp sauce it's it's one of those items that every the flavor the texture everything comes together and that's you know to to break off for a second that's sometimes the hardest part of menu design for the chefs things can taste wonderful individually but they don't taste right together, and that is just a dish where you get the crunchiness of the shredded phyllo. The presentation is amazing; it, it, the scallops look like they're in little bird's nests. Um, it just has everything, and I, again, that's that's a, a big challenge for you know presentation, taste, flavor, texture. It's just one of those dishes that all comes together. In that. So that's probably my favorite sure. thing on the menu. And it's something that I've never seen anywhere else.
0: Well, it's always good when there's a signature type of an item. Right. Is there something that you know that you couldn't have but you would want to have on the menu personally? Do you have something like like, like a hot dog? I mean, I, you
2: know, I well, don't know. Is there, is there? So I, I'm actually a simple eater. I mean, that's funny cause, uh, because this is,
0: I'm, I'm going to say this is probably one of the more eclectic presentation wise and the way you mix
2: food restaurants in town. Right. I don't know what I'd put on the menu. No? Just for me. Chicken wings, a couple different burgers. I don't know. There you go. (laughs) I I, I was
0: talking to the chef at the South River Golf Club, and I asked him, I said, when you go to a restaurant, what what do you look for? He says, I'll always order the burger because if they can't do the burger right there's no need in looking at 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 everything else. Sure. And it's uh I was I was talking to a a beer person and they said, "Well, I always go in and I always go for a pilsner." Because if a brewer if a if a craft brewery can't get the pilsner right, there's no sense in looking for anything else for just, just kind of done and I'm like, "Okay, that's that's a legitimate kind yeah. of a makes perfect uh, sense." It it
2: it really does. So what's next? Where where's the future look for Carroll's Creek? The future is just trying to understand what's trendy, what our population looks like that comes in the door. I mean, you know, the the different concentrations now for the younger generation are maybe not what it was when we opened up or for our parents' generation, the things that they find important, whether it's more um, non-GMO, locally sourced, you know, some of those types of, of things are people are spending more time looking at so, we are trying to also align ourselves with those types of uh, things that are important to what our future generations are going to want out of us. I mean, we're blessed to be here in this location, which is obviously part of our success. I mean, being. Oh, without a, without you know, a doubt. I mean, they,
0: people say, hey, oh, I love all the waterfront restaurants in Annapolis. I said, okay, name them. <laughs> You know, I mean, right. and, and and there aren't. I mean, you, you you've got you've got Pusser's Chart House and Carroll's Creek. I mean, the, what about Cantlers? I said, okay, I'm not going to call them Annapolis. Right. And uh, this is probably the one that is closest to the water. And yeah. Anne County, in, in general, does not have too many on the water.
2: Waterfront real estate's expensive, and that's that's a reality. Sometimes people go, "You might be a little bit expensive." I say, "Well, you're you're right, right but um, you know, it's it's all relative. Is is you know." Do so you live on the water? No, that waterfront house is too expensive. Well, I've got to pay to to right, be right. here, to be on that waterfront, and and that but, commerc- has its- but commercial real estate's cheap,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that has its challenges. Before we got talking, we were talking about the French onion soup, and I I do love the onion soup here. That's a uh, always a great treat in uh, in winter, definitely for me anyhow. And uh, you had mentioned Restaurant Week. For those that have not ever made it to Carroll's Creek, uh, Restaurant Week is a good. A good time
2: to to give it a try. Restaurant Week, it's 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 really, I would say, one of my favorite things that we do. Not just for the restaurant, but for the town itself. Uh, when Restaurant Week was getting going, I was kind of on the makeshift uh, board of of putting that together, and and I think it's an awesome thing for the town, and it gives people that that opportunity to, to come out to places that they've never tried it gives the uh, the restaurants the ability to maybe push the envelope a little bit sure. to make somebody want to come there you know we try to go above and beyond with our menu looking at it because i say it's the only time someone's going to have our menu right on their computer screen next to somebody else's menu and so You've got to make them. That's choose. an
0: interesting perspective. Oh, I never thought about. I, I
2: just gave away my biggest secret. You know, <laughs> but it's it's true. You will never have on that scale that many people looking to dine and comparing you to somebody else. So it's we spend a lot of time talking about the menu design for that week to make sure that what we're putting out and what we have is really you know, trying to draw somebody in here. Well, I will say that, you know, aside from a few restaurants,
0: and you're obviously one of them, uh, I've always thought for a long time, and it's changed now, but Annapolis was sort of like this wasteland of mediocre food. There have been some restaurants that have come in that have really upped the game. And uh, I think I think that's that's a great thing. I would love to see restaurant week maybe expand a little bit into a into a second week, because I, I look at it just like you had mentioned, I get it, I go, I look at the the list and I go. Wow, you know we've never been to here. Let's let's go check this out. You know, again. You look at price point. I mean, we're all consumers. Right. And I, I remember it was in Boston one time and I ended up getting a recommendation for a steakhouse and I ended up having a single person myself uh, having like two drinks, a steak dinner. It was like 130 bucks and I was like, "Ouch!" But I loved it. It was great. I'm not going back tomorrow, but I'll go back. You know, once a year or something sure. like that. But that's something I, you know, maybe I can't afford to go to wherever it is. But you know what? For 30 or 35 bucks or whatever it is for the the three course dinner that they offer through restaurant week or maybe it's the lunch right um is is a fantastic way uh to really get the taste of annapolis and for those that aren't aware annapolis has really upped its game on food and i mean i I think you know i'll I'll credit you know you and and a few others to really sort of leading that charge uh, as being here since the 1980s yeah that's uh uh, that's kind of crazy anything else that uh, any other secrets that you need there's no secret menu is there
2: There's no secret menu. I can't ask for like a number 13 meal or anything like that? No, there's no secret menu. We have done things when someone's come on uh, come in and say you know we used to have this dish or that dish um, if the chef has uh, if it's the same chef and we've had a lot of long-term chefs uh, we've been able to put something back together and recreate it for somebody you know time permitting but no there's there's no uh, there's no secret in and out burger menu here Just out of curiosity from a restaurant point of view do you find that special sound like a
0: burger King commercial but special orders I would like this dish. But prepared a little bit differently or I would like it with this or you know substitutions is that much more prevalent now than it was
2: before I don't know if the substitutions are as prevalent that I've seen over the over my my, my history here as to the different food allergies and intolerances and things people are watching what they eat and how they eat and some uh, so some the the substitutions I think are, are dictated by someone's trying to be gluten-free or, you know, or an, an allergy that they knew about. Um, and luckily, because we cook everything pretty much from scratch... We have the ability to omit different things when preparing those items. So I can't say we can do it to everything. You know, once a sauce is prepared, it, whatever prepared. ingredients were in there for that sauce, it's, it's done for the night. But whether it's, whether it's taking something and no added salt or spices to, you know, from the initial cooking side, a lot of those things we can pretty easily handle. I mean, as long as you let your server know or yeah. you, can, you can pretty much accommodate a lot of. We always appreciate people reading the menu, understanding at least what we've put on the menu, knowing we can't put every single item on there. But, yeah, it's always appreciated to letting your server know what you what you don't like, what you have an intolerance to or what you have an allergic reaction to. I'd rather know those types of things going in. And it helps us keep them safe, too. Yeah, ambulances out front are never good for any never business. That's, that's for sure there. Come eat at Carroll's Creek.
0: And you change your menus up periodically. We
2: do. We try to be seasonal uh, roughly two times a year and, uh, and and look at the different seasonal variations. And, and our next menu will be, uh, again, a little more tilted to us going nut-free. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much,
0: Jeff Jacobs. Come eat at Carroll's Creek. And happy birthday on 35 years. That's a, thank a wonderful you so much. milestone.
1: Thanks for listening to this special podcast for I am Annapolis. Please be sure to visit Ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinions. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the I am Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you your local news direct to your phone or tablet every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play.